ML Nation, episode 376. You can connect with Gen Y by being genuine, by being passionate, by showing vision, by being honest, by being transparent, and by being focused. Also consistent. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chan. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. MLM Nation, the Simon Chan, they call me the Oprah of MLM, and today I am fired up to bring a special guest, a Gen Y superstar, only 27 years old. We have Jason Brown. Hey, Jason, are you ready to make it happen? Oh, yeah, Simon, I'm so excited to be here today. I am, I am very, very fired up. Jason Brown graduated from college and then went on to become one of the most successful nightlife promoters in Atlantic City, New Jersey. However... Selling, he decided to leave everything behind and got started in network marketing in 2003. He invested heavily in the business. He spent over $25,000 as he traveled to visit teams, bought products, bought trainings, and attended conventions and events. However, today, he has a team of 29 six-figure earners and a global business in over 50 countries. Jason recently spoke at ANMP, and his goal is to become one of the most genuine and influential individuals in the history of network marketing. So, Jason, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background. How did you go from nightlife, party promoting, to network marketing? Yeah, man. So, uh, it was actually, you know, it's been a pretty crazy journey uh, the last few years. It was actually 2013, not 2003. Uh, I'm not that old. <laughs> oh, and but, I say uh, that? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I no, just got, good. It's good. I got it's so good. fired up. I'm just like, I said, two, it was 2013. People, because people he, think be, he couldn't have started at seven years old, right? You're 27 people, now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, people, people think I was, doing, I was doing MLM in second grade. No. So, you know, I went to college just like every other, you know, getting out of high school, young guy would do who didn't know what he wanted to do in his life. You know, I tell people all the time, but sometimes people say, look, I, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a police. I want to be a police officer. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. I never knew what I wanted to do. I had always just kind of gone with the flow. And so, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that you got to keep all the women in your life happy. One of them happened to be my mom. And she's like, look, I think you should go to school. I said, all right, cool. So I went to a local community college, found a gift for writing. Um, when I got out, I got my bachelor's degree at my second school um, in communications, and I went to go do an internship uh, that my uncle got me uh, with a company called Taylor Public Relations out of New York City. We worked on some amazing projects, some really big brands, and uh, they offered me a full-time job. And the amount of money that I was starting with, I was like, whoa, you know, I can't, I can't live with that type of money. You know, $30,000, $32,000 a year was an amazing job, amazing company, but my goals and dreams were not aligned uh, with that type of income. And so uh, luckily I had a mentor uh, for any Robert Kiyosaki fans. I call him my rich dad. Uh, his name is Kobe. Uh, he took me under his wing when I was uh, back in college. I was working as a waiter uh, before that internship and we built a really good friendship. And he, he said, look, I've got this restaurant. Let's create some type of a college party and you know, see what we can do. And we ended up building an extremely successful party um, you know, bringing people in on buses so they could get home safe. And we just had a blast. Good time. And from there, I went to go work in a nightclub. Uh, very, very successful. I was doing uh, leading a team um, and networking. And so that was kind of the bridge into network marketing, the, the you know, the, the 
prelude, if you will, you know, before I even knew what my real destiny was, um, it was preparing me for, um, you know, that next chapter. And so a great friend of mine who was my personal trainer at the time was introducing me to his company. Um, and, and, you know, some people, Simon, you know, the deal, some people, go through life and they've already been exposed to, you know, different product companies or their mom did this or their dad did that, cousin did this. Um, that wasn't me. I never knew that direct sales or network marketing existed. And so for me, it was a little different scenario. I was just very busy and I wasn't giving him my time. Um, but I wasn't skeptical whatsoever. And in fact, one night on September 4th, 2013, we sat down um, and I said, look, if this makes sense, if you can make it make sense, I'll go all in and I'll be the I'll be the best person you've ever brought into the business. And so uh, long story short, I had no idea what I was getting into, but uh, but it was quite a journey, you know, so about four years coming up on uh, four years full time. I burned all the ships, which I don't necessarily recommend. Um, but when people see the result, uh, obviously, they might say, wow, maybe that's what I have to do. But, you know, I think there's probably a better way to do it. But I left everything behind. I had a credit card and a dream. Um, and so, you know, I I. I Followed the trainings, did what I was supposed to do, and for about two and a half years, um, I was sponsoring a lot of people. I was, I think, I sponsored like seventy-five people in my first opportunity, and about fifty to seventy-five in the second one. Built nice groups, but I never had the duplication, and I never had the retention um, that I was looking for. And so, uh, over the last two years, um, I've I've been able to study and work with some amazing mentors, um, and I think that's the biggest shift. Um, and after I became extremely coachable. Um, got my hands on some good materials, went to some conferences. Uh, things have been electric. They've been amazing. Um, you know, I've been able to travel the world and help develop leaders, um, which brings us uh, to where we are today. How did you just give up that? Because, um, like, you know, when you're young, you, the party lifestyle, that's like really exciting, fun. And network marketing seems very boring. I mean, what, what really captivated you? Like, what made you yeah, think I, network you marketing? Know, it, well, I didn't see it as boring, but I'll go back. I'll go back a little bit and share what was going on in my head at the time. Um, you know, one of my colleagues was—he's about ten years older than me—at the nightclub, and I remember one day my office was in the back. Uh, my desk was in the back of the office. His desk was in the front of the office, and he used to tell me all the time, "Man, I never get to see my daughters. I never get to see my family." And uh, you know, I'm a very like, you know, conscious, uh, empathetic person. You know, I feel people's energy. I feel their emotions. Mm. And I remember the look on his face when his daughters came into the office and they were so excited to see him. But, you know, he said to me, he's like, man, it just it's just bothering me, you know, that that I can't spend more time with them. You know, and I, I remember he said to me a few days later, he's like, look, he's like, this is fun right now. You're young. But if you could take my advice, make this temporary, not permanent. And that really sat with me. You know, that was a seed that that I felt, you know what? If I'm mature and old enough to understand right now that, you know, I want to have a family, I want to have kids, I want to have freedom, that this lifestyle is temporary. So I was more open-minded after that. And, uh, you know, some people may think this industry is not fun. It's a blast. I mean, I have fun pretty much every single day. But the big appeal, Simon, was that I already had a social influence. I already had, you know, followers on, on Instagram and Facebook and the way that, this individual made it to be, um, it just, it made so much sense that I would go out, burn the ships because that's how I am. I'm a huge risk taker. I love it. Um, I live for my beam. I'm best when my back's against the wall. And, uh, I felt like if I put myself in an extremely uncomfortable situation, 
um, I knew that I would come out on top. My mom thought I was crazy, but um, you know, sort of my dad and my family, they're like, you're nuts. I said, look, I'm gonna make it happen. Yeah, and you did. So um, when you first started, you said you recruit like 75 people. How, how come you had success while a lot of distributors struggle? What, what did you do that a lot of people are not doing? I think it was um, a combination of a few things. Number one, um, I had always in my entire life, I've never burnt a bridge. It's a principle that my family really surrounded me with growing up is, you know, hold the door for people, have have proper manners, treat people with respect. Um, and I've, I've never liked having animosity or, you know, uh, bad blood. I've just always kept things good. And so people did have a level of respect. Um, I had a big influence in my college and so big influence back home. So people didn't know uh, who I was and they knew that if I was going to get behind something. So that definitely helped. Right. But the other thing is I wasn't pitchy. Right. I wasn't I was just real. I said, look, I've been trying and I was trying the product for a little bit before that. And so I had tried the product. My brother had it once and stuff like this. So I had I I believed in what I was doing and I would never do something that I didn't believe 1000 percent in. I never have and I never will. And I think one of the things is that I would call people and I would say, hey, look, Simon, you know, we've been friends for a long time. You know that I'm somebody who does my research. Um, I'm passionate in anything that I do. I do it big. Uh, I, I'm putting my hands on something that I really believe is going to be massive. I don't need you to say yes. I don't need you to say no, but I need you to give me 15 to 20 minutes of your time. And, and if this is something that you see, we'll lock arms and go. If not, all good. And I appreciate that. And so I've always just been very direct, very real. And, you know, sometimes people pitch around the corner, you know, they're like beating around the bush. How are you? How's your dog? How's this house? Look, straight up, you know, this is why you should trust me. Take a look and then form your own opinion. Really? That was extremely helpful. Yeah. So you mentioned this since you were in college, you've always been an influencer, right? Um, yes. Can you give some tips on how to create influence? Yeah, I think, I think. One of the things that I teach is consistency, um, and I think it can be applied to anything. You know, if if people see that you are hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, then they're not going to take you as serious on a subconscious level that they would unless you're hot, 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 hot. If you're cold, 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 you're not really relevant in a business perspective. But if you're hot, 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 and they're looking for heat, you're going to be a go-to source. And so one of the things, number one, is that I was always consistent. Okay, I've, I've had this crazy, sickening desire to work since I was 15 years old. I mean, I was the kid begging my parents, can I please go get a job? And I found a job when I was 15 working as a busboy at a local restaurant. Um, I got a job delivering. The day I got a, a license, I went out and got a job. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that I needed the money, but I just wanted to make my own money. Um, and I guess maybe that's just a natural thing. I don't know if you can teach that, but, uh, the consistency factor, uh, that people knew that I'm, I'm working hard and I'm dedicated. But another thing too is trust. You know, uh, I have an ability to show people, not tell people that I, that I, I show people that I can be trusted. I show people that my intentions are pure and, uh, and anything that I did, um, I would do whatever it took to come out on top. And so, you know, whether it was playing, uh, collegiate intramurals or, you know, I, I was very influential in my fraternity and through Greek life and in college and um, in the sports arena and, you know, all that stuff. It just really was helpful that I was consistent, trustworthy, I had good posture, so forth and so on. So it's like being integrity. You like even in the Greek life fraternity, you always would do what you say you did. 
said you did. Every single time. Yeah. I think that's a massive thing. You know, um, I think people observe from afar, uh, especially in the business arena. You know, they look at the people and, and you know, they, they see things, they see the moves, especially in this industry, right? You see some people, you know, move around all the time and some people are, you know, concrete and an opportunity for so long. Um, or some people, you know, have a lot of chit chat behind the scenes about what's going on with this and that and the other thing. And, you know, I think people really have a good way to observe. So yeah, having integrity is big because look, if nobody's talking bad about you, people want to partner with you. I have gotten multiple phone calls just this week. Hey, look, I've heard nothing but good things. You know, what do you got going on? So it's, it's, it's a really important factor. You know, it's uh, so true because, uh, Recently, I was uh, looking for some people to mastermind with for online marketing, right? Because, you know, ML Nation's an online brand. And I reached out to this forum. Of course, people jump on it. A couple of people thought, oh, I'd love to share with you. And then she talked about, told me about her business. And instant, very quickly, make a decision. And then it was like two weeks later, she booked a call. She booked a call two weeks later. And then um, and the night before our call, she canceled, right? Saying that, um, you know, right now she's got a lot of things going on. Now it's not a good time to talk. And instant, that's like, yeah, I think one of the things that you talk about, I'm sure you're not a person that cancels, right? Like, Correct. Because that's a lack of integrity already. You say you do not do what you say you're going to do. So you wanted to talk to me, and now you realize, crap, tomorrow's a really, really busy day, and I really don't have the time to talk. You're going to cancel. And so it basically tells you, like, and I recently I talked about this, like successful people, like whether like you, Jason, you don't cancel. If you say you're going to do it, no matter how miserable or not tough that day is, you are just going to make it happen. And, you Correct. Know, you know, yes, sometimes you got to give people to sometimes you got to give people the ticket in the deli, you know, and just say, look, I got a busy day, but I got you, you know, you're going to get your cold cuts today. But but just give me a second. And, you know, it comes down to just being organized. Um, I feel like, yeah, I can't. I mean, Simon, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine somebody waking up and saying, you know, how many people can I, you know, kind of screw over today or something like that. You know, I don't think that's what people think. Like, it's it's comes from a lack of clarity, which comes from a lack of being organized. Yeah. Okay. An unorganized entrepreneur is not an entrepreneur. That's called a hot mess. So, you know, I think that's a big thing um, as well. You know, it's just, look, get organized. I'm organized. You're organized. You know, we book times. We follow up and, you know, take action. Yeah. And I mean, like that woman, uh, I'll probably never do anything with her again. Because number one, like you said, she's either flaky or she, I mean, or um, she cancels. So next time I schedule call, she may cancel on me again, or she's just very unorganized, right? Cause like, so she right. jumps in without thinking, like she's saying yes to everything while thinking, which that's also not a, not a person I would want to, you know, be, you know, be close to or have a relationship with associate, someone that's not organized. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sifting and sorting. Sifting and sorting. Hey, so, um, talk about, um, what was the major aha moment you had where your business really took off? Probably, I'd say about two years ago, summer 2015, um, I was in a very challenging position because I was uh, looked at as a mentor. I was looked at as a leader um, in that in that company that I was a part of, and I was financially um, not where I needed to be. I was financially broke. Mentally, I'm always strong. I'm the guy that you want on the battle that you want on the battlefield, but. Financially, I was held back. I had obstacles. Um, I had taken a bunch of different credit cards, and over the course of time, I was strategic about how I used them. Uh, but it got tight. You know, eventually, you can only pack so much stuff in a duffel bag, right? And um, 
I had to move back home at the age of 25 with my parents after being successful out of college, making my first six figures in nightlife and then having to go backwards. Um, very challenging. And it allowed me to do a lot of reflecting. And I also found a mentor. Um, I'm not sure if I'm able to, you know, name. Yeah, you can any talk about the names. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, so one, one of the people who made the largest impact in me was uh, Brian Carruthers, who's very well known in this industry. And one of the reasons why I really connected to Brian was because, number one, over 20 plus years uh, skin in the game, over 20 plus years with one company, um, and he's been extremely successful. Um, and so the big aha moment came from, number one, looking for a mentor. Number two, obviously, finding that mentor through his book, which was the, probably that big, the beginning of, a, of an uptrend, right? And here was the ultimate discovery that in this industry, it's not about what, what I can do. For the first two years, it was all about how good Jason was. If Jason could get you motivated, if Jason could get you inspired, if Jason could teach you how to, how to invite, that could only go so far. So I was stuck in my bubble and I could only grow as fast as myself. My team could only grow as fast as Jason could grow. And if I had these big goals and dreams to be a, you know, a, a, a legacy type of mentor and influencer, I would need to grow a systematic approach. And so that big, aha moment, uh, that big aha moment was only doing things that were duplicatable. Okay. So big webinars instead of one-on-one -on -one trainings, right? Record a training, put it on YouTube, send the link. Not because I don't have time to do a one-on-one -on -one with Simon, but because if, if I have to mentor Simon one-on-one -on -one and he wants to give that information to Bob, I have to now go mentor Bob one-on-one -on -one when I can give them the same exact training through a link. And so it's just, some of these simple ideas, but it's literally all of it, 100%, is based around duplication. What would you say uh, your worst moment in network marketing? Because this is actually my favorite question. Would it be that time in 2015? Like, like, would, be, you really maybe even had doubts or not doubts about yourself, but like. 2000, 2015 was extremely challenging. Um, I went to a startup company, which is, you know, obviously it's a double-edged sword. It's great uh, because I love being a pioneer. I love being able to innovate and create. Um, but at times there's there's challenges that, you know, you can't prepare for. There's things that just come and, and you have to go through that. And so uh, that summer of 2015, um, I think that was really the biggest challenge is because um, I had really built up something strong and I took that leap of faith and not knowing what was next, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, it was hard to retain teams. It was hard to keep people motivated. Um, I was delivering. I, I went, thank God for one of my friends. He owned a delivery company uh, where he would outsource deliveries for like flower shops and pizzerias and Chinese food and sushi. And so he was able to give me the best shifts with the most flexibility so I could still take three-way calls. But I think one of the biggest moments that I remember is one night it was snowing. Oh, it was slammed, slammed. Okay, at the pizzeria, and this is a it's a big money night. Three, I think I ended up making like three or four hundred dollars that night, cash. So it was nice, good, good day, right? Um, especially when I was broke as a joke, I'll take whatever. But I remember it was snowing, it was busy, and my team needed me for important three-way calls. We had a group of people launching, and they needed Jason. So I'm here, Simon, doing, doing three-way calls in the snow with pizza bags, going inside, loading up my car, four or five deliveries, slam. I remember 
at the end of that night, I had a breaking point. I said, you know what? I, enough's enough. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. And so that was probably the worst moment. Um, but sometimes, again, those worst moments drive you forward. So I'm grateful for that because I'll never, I'll never forget it. Really good. Hey, by the way, ML Nation, if you listen, pay attention. Uh, Jason's amazing storyteller. All top earners are great storytellers. Just pay attention. Go back and just hit the rewind button a couple, a little bit and listen to how you told about story about the, you know, the snow with the pizza, making all the details. Good storytellers pay attention to details. Really, yeah, you captured me of that story. The pizza and the, five very good story. Okay, we're going to go into, uh, Gen Y. Okay, like, can you share, a lot of our audience is a little older. Can you share some tips? on Gen Y and how to recruit Gen Y. What gets them paying attention? Because I think some people that are Gen Y just want to have fun, but obviously the last series Gen Y. You have a lot of Gen, you know, successful Gen Y in your team. What are some tips to recruit Gen Y? Well, here's here's one of the first things. I think with Gen Y, I see a lot of people have asked me this, you know, what what do I do with younger people? Um and I'm I'm kind of stuck in that in that middle, right? Where now I'm I'm twenty seven, I'm turning twenty eight. So I think for me and the thing that could be used for everybody across the board, including people that are Gen Y trying to get more young people on board is relatability. Okay. We, we join this industry because we don't want a boss. We don't want to have a job. We want freedom. So it's best to design a blueprint, right? A a vision for them on why the next three to five years of sacrifice and dedication will be worth it. Again, again, it comes down to duplicatability. And so sitting down, just throwing numbers, just throwing the comp plan, just throwing your product. I mean, that's good, but they need to have something bigger to build on. Um, They need to understand, number one, uh, the global economy and just kind of the social change that we're in the social age right now. And they need to understand that we're utilizing all these things already. It, you can overcompensate and scare someone by, by trying to get them into your business. Attract them into your business by showing them a lifestyle, by showing them the freedom, by showing them the choices that you can make. Because that's what young people really want. Young people are, are rebels. Okay, we, we don't want to be told what to do. I don't tell people in my group what to do. I let them tell me, like a doctor, right? You come to the doctor, you tell me what you need, and I will do my best to point you in the right direction. And so when you're talking about going out and and attracting millennials into your group, that's one thing. But also keeping them is just as important. And keeping them is going to be 95% mindset. You as a mentor need to dive into them. You need to clearly explain the money-making activities, extremely important. They need to know exactly how to build your business plan. They need to know exactly where the money's made in your comp plan. Um, and, and to be honest, what I see a lot of the times is that the residual income, if you can show them how to build residual income and you can get them making it, that's when they stick. Okay, And I see it in my current company. We have a residual income that sticks. And once they get it, It doesn't matter how big the income is, but they see the potential of, look, paid every week. Boom. Again, paid again. And so any advice, the advice that I would have is number one, be honest, be honest. Okay. Don't lie. Don't fluff. Be straightforward. Young people 
are becoming more and more consciously aware of numbers, of, you know, digging deeper. Um, and it's just because of the culture that we live in. We're being forced now to dive past just media. You know, uh, we're being forced to dive past just what we read on Facebook. We're being forced to dive past the spam emails. You know, a lot of stuff for our generation is very cloudy. Okay. We get spammed all the time. Think about it. I get fake phone calls, fake texts. IRS is coming for you. I'm like, you don't even, this isn't even proper English. Okay. So we're getting, we're getting, don't worry, I pay my taxes. We're getting all this spam all the time. You can connect with Gen Y by being genuine, by being passionate, by showing vision, by being honest, by being transparent, and by being focused. Also consistent. Hmm. Very, very good stuff. Hey, um, what do you see this profession headed to? Oh, this is the beginning. This is just the, this is just the beginning, for sure. Uh, numbers show it. Statistics show it. Energy shows it. Excitement shows it. The industry is in a, in a very, very, very interesting place. Uh, I was I was lucky enough to be in Europe uh, for the direct selling um, convention uh, held by Business for Home. I was lucky enough to be at uh, in Dallas for AMP, and I was lucky enough at both of those events to rub shoulders with some of the most influential people in the entire network marketing profession. And the overall bias is that number one, companies need to focus on customer acquisition. It's something that, that is extremely important and it's something that will be crucial in about 10 years. You won't you won't even be able to do business, I believe, without a majority of customers. The number is anywhere right now between 51% and above. But look, at the end of the day, focus on selling your product. You can't sell the dream if you're not selling the product. So that's one of the big things. Number two, the global economy is going to go through in the next uh, four to eight years another recession. Okay, I, I look at charts. I know I, I trade and I understand the overall sentiment, fundament, and technical side of the of the dollar and of the world economy. Uh, we're going to go through that shift. It's already actually begun. Um, small indicators have shown uh, that we're going through another shift in the market, which for our profession is amazing. For our profession, it's amazing because people will become more uh, more open-minded and less closed-minded to opportunity, okay? When people are comfortable, they're comfortable. When they're uncomfortable, they're picking up the phone and they're looking for solutions. One of my best friends, here's a, here's a, here's a vivid, perfect example. One of my best friends, at first, he used to laugh and, and you know, always at every opportunity, just bust my chops for doing the network marketing thing, right? Then he understood that I was making good money and so... He was, you know, distant about the cracks, but they were still there at times. Then he got a massive amount of respect. Then I got a phone call. Can you show me what you're doing? And so that progression tells you two lessons. Number one, stay consistent. Don't give up on your dream because just because someone tells you no now, it doesn't mean no forever. Number two, the economy is changing. The reason why he called me is because he's losing money at his job and he's miserable. And so... That's amazing for our profession because people are only skeptical if they don't know what they're talking about. I was only saying no because I didn't know what it was. So the future of the profession is bright because number one, oh my, number three, sorry, number three, almost everything's being sold online. Everything. I don't go to the store anymore. I ordered two pairs of basketball shoes, uh, tanks, 
I ordered uh, Blender. I order. I mean, I'm like thinking like when really, and I was looking at how to buy like the food online too. I'm looking at how to buy stuff online. I'm not going to the mall, parking, walking around, trying to find my store when I can get it online. You can you can express ship something in two days for ten dollars. You know, it's not like this expensive thing. And so people are also buying things online. Number four, people buy things from people they like, trust, and respect. Okay, I want that hat, Simon, because I like, trust, and respect you. Right? I don't know how much the hat's gonna cost. Could cost forty. It could cost fourteen. But I want the hat. And so look, it's it's the way that it goes. Uh, that people just trust people who have integrity. And so the future of the profession is extremely bright. I tell people all the time, we're in preseason right now. We're just getting started. Um, as far as network marketing, I'm a huge advocator, not just for my company, but for, uh, the, for, but for the profession. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Hey, as we go towards the uh, end of the show, some quick questions to pick your brain. And the first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes, Jason, that motivates you? Um... It's gotta be. It's gotta be Zig. It's gotta be Zig. Help enough people get what they want out of life and get everything that you want. That's gotta be number one. It has to be. That's what, like I, I almost run everything that I do off of that. Uh, everything that I teach is about you know focusing on the goals of, of the people in your business, not your own goals. Uh, help a lot of people win. So yeah, gotta be Zig Ziglar. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? So what I did, and anybody can do this, okay, but I always have this with me. This is a seven-day calendar. I uh, created it on Photoshop. You can go get a, a piece of paper. You can create it yourself. Um, I can send it to Simon. You can email. It doesn't matter. It's generic. It says Elite Weekly Planner, an unorganized entrepreneur is no entrepreneur at all. And I print out four of these at the beginning of the month, and it slots all my time, 7 a.m. to 12 a.m., and I, I book my appointments, I don't, I try to stay away from doing last minute stuff. I try to get my leaders and my team in a, in a routine of, look, let's book a time. Okay. And what we do is on Facebook. Now, Facebook added this great feature. You can actually confirm the time of the appointment. Simon, we did this, right? You can confirm the time of the appointment. Okay. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Boom. Set a plan. Now I get a reminder and I have this piece of paper with me at all times. So I know that at four o'clock, I have the interview with Simon. Okay, and at five o'clock after this, I know that I have the training with my leaders in France. And at eight, I have this. And then what else it is, is it gives you your open times. I know that from six to eight, I have nothing. So what am I going to do? That's the time I'm going to go to the gym. So this habit of getting organized, massive difference. Some of the people that I've mentored, this is one of the things that has changed their entire business. Because, again, an unorganized entrepreneur is no entrepreneur at all. Absolutely. Unorganized entrepreneurs, no entrepreneur at all. Everyone that's successful I talk to is very, very organized. Um, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? The best piece of advice that I've ever received is from a great friend of mine uh, and a mentor, David M. on ETA. He told me, celebrate others as you would celebrate yourself. So celebrate others as you would celebrate yourself. And you know, I've always been somebody, like I told you, I'm very empathetic. I love seeing people win. It's my number one motivator. Um, I would have quit MLM a long time ago had I not enjoyed seeing people succeed. And I think that that's, that's conducive across the board for anybody who makes it really big in this industry. Because if you don't care about people, 
they, they, they can tell and eventually they'll stop following or they won't buy your product or whatever. But David uh, said that to me one day and I had never looked at it from that perspective. You know, when you hear like Jim Rohn say something and you're like, wow, okay, I, I get that. But I never looked at it through that specific, you know, philosophical breakdown. And when he said that, I, I, I just remember the rush of energy that I felt. So we got a Miami airport over here. Um, I just remember, wow, powerful. So celebrate others as if it was yourself. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have a qualified prospect. Uh, do you send them an online video? Do you send them a, do a Zoom yeah, immediately, a three-way call? Yeah. What do you like to use? Yeah, I send them a video. Actually, what I did is um, I, I recorded myself presenting and I linked it on GoDaddy directly to an easy-to-share link. And so I have a presentation of myself. It's about 25 to 30 minutes long, short, street, short, sweet, to the point. I send the link. I say, look, this is me presenting. I'm a little tied up right now. Watch the video. And then if you're interested, let's set up an appointment sometime tomorrow. Hey, do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Um, I love Telegram. I love communicating. I'm a very uh, like simple builder. People ask me, a guy said today, whoa, he said, you're having so much success. What type of funnel do you use? And I said, uh, none. I've never have. You know, I, I just I love people. I, I like to get in the trenches. And um, I think one of my favorite resources is probably – Telegram, it's like a WhatsApp, uh, but I really like it because you can create, um, you know, like different, there's different styles of groups. You could have a group, you could have a channel where you could just blast messages. And I find, um, honestly, all these communication channels like Skype, um, Zoom, actually, you know what? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom is the powerhouse for, for building the business. So yeah, that's, that's really my biggest thing. Um, that and YouTube for personal development. I do a quick search, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, and I'm where I need to be. What's one book you could recommend to ML Nation? Uh, my favorite book in the world, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Love Outliers that. by Malcolm Gladwell. And here's here's the reason why. I mean, some people would be like, whoa, really? But have you read the book, Simon, or not yet? Yeah, yeah. You know what? That was one of the books I first listened to on audio, and then, okay. I, then I went back and it was so good, I read it. Right. It's so, but, but but the audiobook was so good. I, thought, I remember exactly where uh, I think it was like 2009. I got yeah. an audiobook and I would run. I run a lot, but it was so good that I didn't want to stop running because I want to keep on listening to the next chapter. So I ended yeah. up running like instead of running like three miles, I ran like seven miles that day. I want to keep going, and especially when I'm talking about like the Korean Airlines and all that and stuff. Yes, so yeah, into, yeah, yeah, it's so powerful, and and you know why? I mean. Look, people who are successful understand the psychology of successful people and they understand that, you know, the work that goes in and, and the, the like kind of a blueprint that certain individuals have. And it's not luck. And I think that book was really instrumental for me. Uh, and it reaffirmed a lot of things like the amount of time you put into being a master and the amount of time that so many successful people have done. And so for those of you guys who haven't read that book, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, um, what he basically does is and reverse engineers successful people and the, the path and the journey of, of them becoming successful. And I think it's extremely instrumental for somebody who wants to be an innovator, you know, a legacy type of leader. Yeah, and he talks about the 10,000 hours. Like some people say, wow, yes. it takes four so long to be good. But I saw it as like great news. Like, wow, anyone could be successful. You just have to exactly. put in the time, 10,000 hours, and you get there. It's like, it's not like it's, you no, know, it's like some of these people have mystical power. 
10,000 hours. Put it in there. You'll yeah. be an expert. You'll be the next Jason it's, Brown. Yeah, if you if you look at that, I mean, this is, Simon, when I teach and I do like a training, I talk about the law of 10,000 hours and I always reference that book. Um, and I say, look, you look at the Beatles, right? I love when he talked about the Beatles and, and their journey. Most people just say, wow, the Beatles, one of the greatest rock bands of all time, but behind the scenes, blood, sweat, and tears. And, you know, I can only imagine your story of how you got here. We obviously know that you didn't just have a, a beautiful microphone with that branding, nice sticker, and just start doing interviews. No, you've got, there's grit in the game, blood, sweat, and tears to get there. And, and I bet, I bet it's right around 10,000 hours if I had to take a wild guess. Yeah, definitely has been 10 out there. And the Beatles stuff was great. Like, people don't worry. They came, they like basically worked their butts off and was playing like two shows a night for like six, seven days a week, right? Most people played yep. once a night. They were in Germany playing nonstop basically for years before seven, they actually Seven started. months in a row at yeah. a time. They would yeah. come home, take a little break, boom, right back in it. So it, it's inspiring. It's uplifting. You're like, okay, I worked 16 hours today. I worked 16 hours yesterday. I did 14 tomorrow. All right, I'm on the right path. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, um, we can talk on and on. You've been awesome. But uh, here's the last question. Every good thing has to come to an end. Here's the last question. It's a million-dollar question. If you okay. had to start all over again, Jason, and you knew no one, so you didn't even know your parents, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom, what's the first thing you would do or the first place you go to build an MLM business from scratch? That's a good one. That's a really, really good one. The first place I would go is just somewhere in Europe. I'd be like, look, put me on a plane. Give me a parachute wherever I land, I'll begin. Um, I love Europe. I, uh, I spent a lot of time there. I'm actually going back for about 30 days. So Europe is like, I don't know. There's just something about it. all my family's heritage is from Europe. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, the world is just a beautiful place everywhere. You can't really go wrong. So where would you put me right now? I would just say drop me off in Europe and I'll figure it out. Um, yeah, you know what? I just say drop me off in Europe and I'll figure it out. I'll build my way out of a paper bag. I got you. So what's, what's the first thing to, where would you go? You're in Europe. You don't know anyone. Uh, where would you go? One of, my, one of my favorite groups of people to, uh, to build with is uh, Latin people. So I would probably start off in Spain, somewhere in Spain or, or Eastern Europe. Um, I love, I have a nice group in Slovenia. And I mean, it's just the same work ethic, right? It's just that I look, I'm big on work ethic. If you surround me with a bunch of people who are running just as fast, we move like hyper speed. We get so much done. So, yeah, Spain, Slovenia, uh, London, amazing place to build so much ambition. Um, just, you know, one of the things, Simon, is that the mindset uh, sometimes outside of the U.S. Some people are like, you know, they don't build in the U.S. at all. We have huge groups in the U.S., and I'm extremely uh, grateful for that. Uh, but sometimes people realize that when you get out, you know, there's such a need for this extra stream of income. So um, I, love, I love building international. So where would you go? So you just go to Spain. You go to a coffee shop. You go to the gym. Where you go to oh, like specifically? Where would I go? Um, no, actually, I learned from a friend of mine, Johnny Green. I took this from him, and I'm like, you know, it's genius because this is how I always do things. Uh, you know, jump in a taxi cab or when you're taking an Uber, connect with these people that connect with the networkers. So a hotel lobby. Um, you know, coffee shop is good, um, but you have people in and out. You know, think about the mindset of like. You're going into a coffee shop real quick, grab your coffee and bounce, or you're there doing your own thing, listening to music, typing up an email, doing college. So coffee shop, I don't see as very productive. Um, I would go to maybe a, a nightclub establishment and, and try to connect with some of the people who are there that look influential. Um, a gym could be a great place to go, uh, but a cab, usually 
the taxi and the cab drivers, if you find the right one, they know everybody. Uber is great. Uber is great for that. Uber and Lyft because these people are more entrepreneurial um, than most. And a lot of them are just doing it for side cash. I've met a lot of Uber drivers who are like, I'm just doing this to network. I don't really need the money. I'm like, perfect. I need your number. <laughs> hey, you've been amazing. Uh, as we wrap up, any last words or advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect and reach out to you? Facebook. I'm huge on Facebook. Uh, everything that I do, uh, I communicate through Facebook. So uh, I believe I'm maxed out on friends. You know, Facebook has this idea that the average person only has 5,000 friends or whatever. But if you guys shoot me an inbox message, I always check my other inbox. So um, if you do want to communicate with me, Facebook is a great place to do it. I'm literally on it almost all the time. Um, and I do a lot of content. I give a lot of generic free stuff out there. Um, and I don't recruit through Facebook on my public page. So let's connect on Facebook for sure. Um, last, last words um, that I would say in, in 60 seconds or less, I would say this. Number one, guys, you got you to gotta love what you do. You have to be a part of a company and you have to have a product that you sincerely love. And once you get to that point, you, sh you should be there right now. And if you're there right now, you need blind faith and you have to go all in. You have to burn the ships. Okay, You have to leave everything behind, including the, uh, the objections, the fear of failure, uh, the fear of starting over, uh, the fear of going broke. Because I never had these fears when I was you know, at the darkest place that a leader could be, you know, going back 25 years old, moving back in with your parents is, is semi-embarrassing. Um, all your friends see you on this journey. You've, you know, not succeeded. You've not hit six figures yet. Um, and you still accept it for what it is. Um, you know, stay active, find balance. Some people say balance is BS. Some people say balance is essential. I say this, find something that you love and do it. One of the things that I love is going to play basketball. So even in a 16 hour day, I find an hour or two to go do what I love and it releases that energy. And then I get back to work while I'm on this serious, you know, 90, 180 day, 360 day sprint and, and find a mentor. There's so many good people for free on YouTube or a $17 book like Building an Empire by Brian Carruthers or GoPro. Get good material, keep it simple, stay genuine, uh, find a product you love and just love on people. Hey, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you'll be hanging out with Jason Brown. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Jason, J-A-S-O-N, at the search bar. And the show notes, Jason's link to Facebook, and all the nuggets of wisdom he shared will be right there. In order to be successful in life and in network marketing, you must help others. So, Jason, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Jason, and God bless you. Thank you, brother. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan here. They call me the Oprah of MLM. Uh, this was awesome, super, super inspiring, talking to Jason Brown. Make sure you connect with him. Just go to mlnation.net, and on the search bar, just look for Jason, J-A-S-O-N. Uh, really good stuff, you know, only 27 years old. Uh, so many nuggets here. You know, I think I'm going to start off, what he ended with was, once you, you know, you have the belief in this profession. If you listen to this, you have the belief in the profession already, right? You got to go all in, burn your ships, believe and go all in. You know, we got a, you got a bright future, and you talk about the 10,000 hours. This business does take time. 
You know, that comes from the book Malcolm Gladwell, one of my favorite books. Uh, does anything you want to be successful, you want to be a rock star, does take time, 10,000 hours. But the good news is anyone can do it. You know, I was a shy, quiet kid. Anyone can do it. I can do podcasting. I built a successful MLM business. Anyone can do it. Right? You can do it. You're not good at talking. You don't have a big network. Well, you can grow one. You just have to be patient. Right? Be a little bit more patient. You will get there. You get, but you got to have the faith. Go in there. Go all out. Burn those ships. Go out. You know, one of the things that uh, Jason talked about why he had a fast start was a lot of lessons here. Number one, never burn a bridge. And he know his parents raised him well. Never burn a bridge. No matter how bad or whatever not desirable the income is or uh, the result is, never burn a bridge uh, with people. What I mean by that is, that, you know, don't, don't ruin relationships, right? You want to collect friends. So if someone doesn't join, they don't like you, you don't need to be enemies. Just always because you never, never know. So like for Jason, he, in college, he became an influencer. You know, he had great training about how to be an influencer. Number one is consistency. You got to be hot, 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 right? Hot, consistent, not hot and then cold, hot and cold. Be passionate. Be crazy. I mean, I talk about be crazy about network marketing. People may think you're crazy, but they will notice that over time they will respect you. They may not join you, but they'll respect you. But the people who are curious will join you because you are consistent. Do it every day, consistent, right? Working hard, consistently working hard. Not one day you have an off day. You know, you can have an off moment, but not an off day. Work hard every day. Get to that 10,000 hours. Yeah, and also show people your intentions are pure. Be trustworthy. Have integrity. Do what you say, and that's simple. Do what you say you do. If you say you're going to do something, make sure you do it. I shared an episode where someone like backed out, canceled on me. He called never cancel. Do what you say you would do, right? And he talked about like his worst moments. Um, you know, just hey, he had to move back to his mom, but keep growing, because as long as you have the small little wins, you'll get there. A lot of times, people focus on the big the results, focus on small wins. And he realized for his business, he had to grow a systematic approach, right? Your biggest aha moments come when you're down. Shared, Jason shared great tips about growing Gen Y. Uh, if you want to grow Gen Y, you got to be relatable. You want to design a blueprint, a vision for the next three years for them to make it, right? Three years that this is worth it. Show them the lifestyle. It's not just about your pay plan, products are so good. Show them a plan. And know that Gen Y rebels, they don't want to be told what to do. So ask them what they want to learn and then show them, right? Show them. Tell, don't tell them what they want to Tell them. People don't want to be told. Uh, show them what to do. And be honest, right? Gen Y, they grew up in the area of Photoshop, Facebook. Everyone seems good. You know, they see spams. They see past the fake. Be honest, be genuine, be passionate, be focused, be consistent, and uh, you'll catch their attention. You know, uh, he also, Jason talked about the future of network marketing, about customer acquisition. That seems so true. Products are really, really more and more important. But it's a bright future for network marketing because people buy, you know, People are skeptical now. They buy from the same people all the time. They buy from friends. They buy online, right? It's a really bright future. And this business, if you want to be successful, is really about helping, like Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you get everything you want in life. He's very organized. He plans a day from 6 a.m. to 12 a.m. Very similar to me, planning, booking it, calendar. Because write this down, an unorganized entrepreneur is no entrepreneur at all. An unorganized entrepreneur is no entrepreneur at all. So make sure you uh, are organized. Plan your days. Celebrate others as you celebrate yourself. That's leadership. 
Great words of wisdom there. And, you know, the million-dollar question, I love how he answered it. Be connected. Be a place where you are with connectors, whether it's nightclub, hotel lobby, talk about Uber, Lyft drivers, because uh, they know, seem to know a lot of people. Be in a position where people know a lot of people. And do you know how you be an influencer? Be genuine and just do what you say you do and be consistent, 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 and you'll get there. Great show from Jason Brown. Definitely reach out to him. Connect with him on MLNation.net. Search for Jason Brown. And if you like this, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. The whole profession appreciates it. And now it's your turn. Be consistent. Be that influencer that Jason talks about. Apply what you learn. Go out there. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. 